Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Bollocks. Yes, it's me, I'm back, Howard H. Smith. Yeah, coming at you live in your podcast app, in your speakers, in your headphones, in your earbuds, wherever I am, it's lovely to be in your ears. I am back, I am refreshed, I have been on my first holiday for 13 years. What? And um, yeah, what a great idea holidays are, feel a lot better feel fucking revived. Re just re-everything, frankly. So, my name is Howard H. Smith. I am the presenter of this ear podcast. I also uh, I also uh, present the official Motorhead podcast, the Motorcast. I produce uh, produce. I present the Reducer, a football podcast with two comedy mates. I sing in acid rain that their thrash band. I do stand up comedy as myself in Leeds, MCing this weekend, and as Keith Platt the professional Yorkshireman. So there you go. That is what I does. I've also got a um, spoken word show coming up in November in um, Bristol. So I will put a ticket link out there if you want to come along and hear all the stories I can't tell on the podcast. Yeah, there's been a few of those over the years. So hello. What has been going on in the world of metal since last we spoke? Well, uh, not a great deal. So the latest news stories that aren't news, um, in fact, I've tried to pick the ones out that are as close to being new as possible, is Wendy Dio says remixed version of Dio's The Last In Line album is in the works for 2024 release. Now, has anybody heard the remix of Holy Diver? I haven't, so I am not going to pontificate about this. But... Remasters are cool. I just think remaster. I think remixing something when the main man who you know would have been in there with the mix engineer is no longer with us. I just feel it's a kind of little bit redundant. I mean, you know, but as people always say, it's as well as not instead of. So it'll be out there. I'm just saying that I'm not particularly, particularly interested in hearing it but there you go never mind um next up the most needy press release i have read in some time just listen to them squeezing out every ounce of oh isn't this wonderful it's pathetic creed and sixth man that's sixth s-i-x-t-h-m-a-n sixth man the leader in festivals and music cruises for more than two decades, we'll have to take their word for that, have made rock and roll history fucking steady on with the swift sellouts of their immersive 1990s rock and roll celebrations at sea. Summer of 1999 cruise and summer of 1999 and beyond cruise. The first ever artist branded event franchise in Sixthman history to completely sell out two separate voyages. Well, calm down, because history couldn't give a fuck about you, Sixthman. But let's carry on. Following the historic announcement and immediate sellout of week one, Creed unveiled week two to a similarly unprecedented response with all reservations booked within a, an hour of public uh, sale. 
Presented by Sixthman, Summer of 99 and Summer of 99 and Beyond will be highlighted by the first public live performances in more than a decade by Creed, the Grammy Award-winning band. Yada, yada, yada. Tell says where they're going to go and when the cruises are. That heralded with a series of viral teasers that lit up social media. Fucking hell, you needy cunts. You need to bang on about how good your social media was, do you? Fuck off. The cruises were met by worldwide media attention. Summer of 99 is now the top three among Sixthman's all-time pre-sales sign-ups and waiting list sign-ups for events of any kind. Sixthman, pull your head out your fucking ass. No one gives a fucking shit. You're just a fucking company. You don't make rock and roll history. You're a pack of cunts making money. Both Summer of 99 and Summer of 99 and Beyond will see Creed uh, compromised of reuniting for the first time since 2012 for two unique live performances under the Caribbean stars on the famed pool deck stage. Summer of 99 will showcase an explosive... There's no fucking explosions going off here. Explosive lineup. It's not an explosive lineup unless one of the bands is a pile of dynamite, you fucking twats. Explosive lineup that includes... I consider this anything but an explosive lineup. Very special guest Three Doors Down, alongside a stacked all-star bill featuring Buckcherry, Tonic, Vertical Horizon, Fuel, The Verve Pipe, Tantric, Dishwaller, Louise Post of Veruca Salt, Nine Days, and Sugar, dot, 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 The New Metal Party. Summer of 99 and Beyond will then boast its own incredible bill featuring very special guest Daughtry. Mm. Alongside an all-star lineup that includes Buckcherry, Tonic, Vertical Horizon, Fuel, The Verve Pipe, Tantric, Louise Post of Veruca Salt, Nine Days, my favourite band so far, Jimmy's Chicken Shack, and Sugar, The New Metal Party. Both voyages will be hosted by Eddie Trunk, this is getting fucking worse. I mean, your heavy metal granddad is going to be there. God. And the stars of the Power Hour, Matt Pinfield and Katie Babs and Josh Bernstein, and also feature an exclusive live question and answer session with Creed open to all guests. This is my favourite bin. Uh, there'll be an activities and podcast host panels, autographs, and a very special Y2K countdown themed party. Yeah. I've already been to one of those. Yeah. New Year's 1999, you fucking idiots. As if that weren't enough, all guests will receive an autographed commemorative item signed by Creed prior to both events. I mean, fucking hell, people. Can you fucking wait or not? Jesus Christ, I hope those boats sink. That's not... That's not a want. It isn't. But fucking hell. Just the absolute... Just the, it, this. It's not often that um, a press release has me so amazed after all these years. But fucking hell. Just the needy nature of Sixthman. It's unbelievable. It really is. Well, needless to say, I won't be going to that steaming heap of shit. And by the way, I did 1999 in 1999 and don't feel the need to do it again. Fucking 
really weird. So after that, <laughs> we go across to Tim Ripper Owens. You've got to love, he's hanging in there with the Ripper, isn't he? Still hanging in there, still hanging in there with the Ripper nickname that, to be fair, suited a younger man and it didn't suit him then. But anyway, let's just carry on. Uh, Tim Ripper Owens spoke about his relationship um, with band's current singer, Rob Halford, obviously talking about Judas Priest. I think it made people very angry that we were ne- that, um, that that was never there was never really a rivalry between us. I mean, there was a little bit of things said back in the day, but we've always been friends, and I've always respected him, obviously. And he's always talked about me in, uh, uh, well in the press. So I think it does make people mad that the that we don't hate each other and that we don't say bad. Th- I don't think that makes people mad, but we definitely consider each other friends, and there's a respect there. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Everybody's always going on about how pissed off they are about those two being friends. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, he goes on to say, um, asked if they, he thinks there's a chance of Priest staging a one-off reunion concert featuring all current members of the band, including Owens and founding Priest guitarist K.K. Downing. He said, should there be? Yes. Will there be? I don't think so. I don't think they would ever do it. They don't seem to make those kind of good decisions, so I don't think it would it would happen. It's fuck. It's only good for K.K. Downing and you, mate. The band, the band are still going. They're putting a new album out. Why are they going to put all of that on hold? So you and KK can have one last hurrah with, with them. It's just fucking ridiculous. Uh, they don't seem to make those kind of good decisions, so I don't think it would happen. I mean, this is a band that went, uh, went to one guitar player last... Uh, uh, went to one guitar player last year. He had referencing the fact Priest announced it would tour with one guitarist. So I don't really think it would happen. Well, I'm not sure how the two are related, but yeah, it's not going to happen. But it's uh, basically, I don't think it's for any other reason than they're fucking busy. Do you know what I mean? Honestly. Now, a new story that's not a new story. Um, Megadeth plays third concert with new touring guitarist. Timu Mantisari. Now, I'm sorry if Timu Mantisari is a poor pronunciation, but to be honest, mate, your first name, Timu, is a fucking Chinese website that at the moment is basically a data mining site. So if you've all seen the adverts for Timu and you see all, all the cheap stuff on there, don't fucking buy anything. It's a fucking data gathering website. It purely exists to gather data about you and your fucking credit cards, etc. Um, so anyway, Megadeth plays third concert with new touring guitarist Chinese website. <laughs> Mantisari. Timu Mantisari. My point is, when's it stopping a fucking story? Megadeth plays 89th concert with new touring guitarist Timu Mantisari. He played, I mean, fifth? When do you stop? Yeah? Third concert with the new guitarist. When do you stop? Is it the fourth? Is it the fifth? Is it the sixth? Is it the seventh? Is it the eighth? You can see where I'm going here. Is it the 23rd, 25th? Just fucking stop now. It's not a story. Fuck off. Next up. Love this. And this is all we're doing. We're going bang into the um, uh, into the interview after this because um, I've just spent too long ranting about Sixth Man and their fucking pathetic fucking press release. Anyway, what a quote. Mickey D, I will never try to put Motorhead as a band out there again with some other idiot taking Lemmy's place. What a top man. What an absolutely top man. Got to be honest... Saw a little bit of video, uh, uh, footage of um, Pantera recently, and 
it's not really it's not really working for me to be honest I love Charlie Belante as a guitarist I'm not a massive Zach, Zach Wilde fan I'm more of a thrash metal guy but clearly and I, like I have this on very good authority like Zach is not playing the riffs the way they should be played the way Dime played them and Charlie well Charlie Charlie pushes the beat and you know Vinny kind of was behind the beat it's just really isn't the same it's not really for me there you go okay but anyway I don't know why anybody would want to know what I thought of Pantera but I thought I'd throw it in there anyway so let's fucking get on with it shall we yeah so on the podcast this episode is my good friend Miles Hackett you've had Miles on here before we were on in lockdown and offline we came up with the idea of the motorcast and it happened that's very fucking rare yeah so miles is a mate he's somebody i work with putting the mug the, the the motorcast out um he used to run dry heave records he put uh, plan of the damned our comeback single out as a as, as a seven inch vinyl um and he's just an all-round top top dude heavily involved he runs the noise records imprint on uh, bmg now you're gonna hear all about it you know it's gonna be cool so sit back. This is Miles and I having a chat at the label a few weeks ago. Welcome back to the podcast, Miles. Thanks, Thanks. Good to be here. It's nice to be here. I am sat um, in um, an interview room in BMG Records, just painting pictures with words here, folks, trying to put you in the room. It's a typical classic mu- music biz office. Um, it's, it's rather plush sofas, multicoloured cushions oh. that you would only see in a music shop. Yeah, music. I mean, this this place is kind of where we, we entertain artists. Um, Nicky Six was sat in this very chair about a month ago. Really? Yeah, he came in the office, just, we were, we were working on some Motley Crue stuff, and um, we just got a call saying, Nicky Six is coming by the office. I'm like, okay. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's a, a, a weird sort of guest to drop in for tea, isn't it? Yeah, he came round and had some lunch with us, and uh, had a bit of a chat with him. They, they were just about to start their um, stadium tour. And uh, he had some new music he wanted to play and plugged his phone into the stereo over there and cranked it up. He was rocking out, yeah. He was a really <laughs> lovely guy. Right. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, I think uh, we have a lot of people come in this office, as you might imagine, you know. Yeah. Uh, never on really from the rock world, particularly, but... Um, Except today, right? Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he turned a few heads. He turned a few heads when he came in. I mean, he came in with a bandana and shades and, you know, like, well, like yeah. he'd stepped off stage. It was great. But um, he, he stopped, everyone that was like, Hard he met, he was like, "Hi, Mickey, nice to meet you." He really made an effort with everyone. It was, it was actually quite nice because sometimes we get emails come around saying, "So and so is going to be in the office today. If you see them, don't look them in the eye." You know, <laughs> no naming okay. names. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, 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 I'm always amazed when I hear stories like that because it always sounds like from a different era. But no, people are. Yeah. Apparently, he's got. You know, he's quite interested in the whole kind of marketing side of what goes on with his band. Still, you know, I mean, forty odd years down the line, he's still. He still likes to be in the middle of it, and he, and he yeah. came without any management. He just him and his, his chauffeur brought him here, and, and he, no, no entourage. Yeah, no entourage. Just came up on his own. Wow, that's cool. You know, we got some takeout. Yeah, mm. uh, that, that, that's that's kind of yeah. That, that's um, giving me a kind of different angle on it. Really. Yeah, yeah. No, it was quite interesting. I didn't get to meet any of the other guys, but I think it's I got the vibe that you know, Nicky's it's kind of his band, and he steers the ship, sort of thing. And yeah, yeah. He just wanted to sort of. 
wave and say hello because it's our American office that did the deal with them and worked with them largely. And he's like, I want to go to your London office and introduce myself. Okay. <laughs> wow. And then he bowled. So yeah, that that's, was that, a, that's a touch of class. That was, that was a strange Monday. That was for sure. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yeah, it yeah. would be. Um, so you can um, you completed all of the noise stuff. Pretty much. There's a few things still coming down the track. I mean, this yeah. year is the 40th anniversary of noise. Um, so this year we did a, a Sabbat box set. You may have seen. Uh, yes, I Matt have it Godson. in my bag. You gave it to me earlier. Thank you, you very go. much. Yeah. So there's been a lot of people asking for those records for a very long time. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to to put that together, and there was the Radio One session in amongst that that don't even aired once. I think in early '87. So, I mean, let's be honest. You can call that unreleased, can't you? Yeah, pretty much. There's a few people yeah. with wonky takes of it, myself included. <laughs> Still um, not released though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, that was the deal. That was the demo that got them the noise deal, because yeah. they'd produced, rushed another demo after one of their demos, and the label didn't think it was good enough. And then Tommy Vance offered them that session, and that kind of clinched it for them. Yeah. So um, it was good. And then we'd, we'd, we'd been digging through the archive, and we found the original, uh, like some rough mix tapes of the Berlin concert that was originally on that VHS cassette, and there was a couple of tracks that they'd left off the VHS. So we kind of released that on vinyl in its entirety. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people were asking for blood for the blood god and demos and that, but we don't as a label own them, so yeah, yeah, we couldn't include them. Sadly, yeah, you could only do what was officially released. Yeah, yeah, what we have the rights to. So yeah, it was, yeah, it, was it was nice to to put those back out and um, you know I've spoken to Martin and Andy and they're kind of happy what we've done. We need to sort out some historic noise contractual stuff with them but that's that's something that we can do because we're well I think um, I think that's what you have to say about any band who were on noise wasn't it yeah it's a sadly repetitious story about yeah. how, how those bands were cheated um, and, and the deals that they were on funnily enough this has all reminded me that I was I, um, there was a time when Carl Altback the old no yeah the old the, the old impresario noise. of noise the man who uh, started the whole thing um I spoke to him a couple of times, actually spoken to him, which is kind of weird because um, we emailed and he wanted to, and it's like he just wanted to have a conversation before coming on the show. And everything was fine. Yeah. Just never got him on the show. Really? Yeah. yeah. But he's, he's, you know, he said he was going to do it and then we had cancellation and stuff. And, we, and then, you know, hand up, I kind of stopped chasing. What, what, what's he doing nowadays? He was working with, he was working with some bands. So clearly, you know, not Still everyone, not everyone's heard. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's read. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you some people still don't have internet access. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I've, I can't repeat some of the stuff yeah. I've heard that went yeah, on. We, but, yeah, but yeah, there's. Um, we, 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 we best kind of like take a left turn here. Yeah, because um, there's nothing good going to come. But you know, it's it's there's there's still some other noise artists, probably not from that kind of classic period, for want of a better word, um, that you know that we we want to work with. Um, some of the sort of 90s more power metal stuff yes that's sort of saw the, the label pick back up again after the sort of they tried to kind of drift into new metal territory and got lost its way a little bit and um, and then it kind of started to put itself back on the map with some of the more power metal stuff so there's a couple of bands from that era that we're looking to work with down the line we released some of that stuff actually last year yeah uh, Band Conception which is a Norwegian power metal band fronted by a former lead singer of Camelot so that kind of gives a Colours the palette as to what they might right. sound like. 
I get I, 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 all power metal is playing. On my yeah, right it's now. more proggy than anything, and it's you know there's long tracks and that. But they've got a cult fan base, and they've reformed and they're playing big crowds across across the world. Yeah, power, so. power metal for me, it's something. It, there is let's 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 be honest here, okay? There's there's traits of U.S. thrash metal, and there's there's traits of um, uh, European thrash metal. There's traits of UK thrash metal. Um, but when it when it comes to power metal, it's like it seems it, the popularity seems like concentrated in Europe. Yeah, if, I mean, is that or is that just my yeah. kind of? I mean, I think it's half-ass view of it. <laughs> I mean, you could argue where it started, but a lot of people say that Halloween was kind of ground zero for a lot of it. Oh, absolutely. And, that's that's um, that's my reading of it. A band that's celebrating their fortieth anniversary next year, um, and then it kind of bled out from there. I mean, Scandinavia's big on it. I was at a festival in Sweden recently. Blind Guardian were on. I yeah. know, like I met a singer from Hammerfall, Motley Kruger recently from Indiana. Um, so yeah, they're kind of huge, and then it, then it, then it spilled over to South America. The South Americans ah, love it, right? They right. cannot get enough of it. Yeah, but that's metal in general, isn't it? South America just the can't get enough metal of it. As a whole, oh, it's, you know, look at the streaming numbers, and then look where it's coming from, and it's Chile and Brazil and. I, I was looking at the. I was looking at um, Acid Rain socials the other day in the back end. Yeah, it's it's like yeah, London. And then it's South America. Yeah. yeah. And India. India, interesting. Yeah. yeah. An emerging market, they like to call it. So. Well, yes, they do. They do. Although, um, yeah, it's, it's, it just boggles my mind that the emerging market, the so-called next great um, uh, superpower, um, was caught out to the extent that it was in the pandemic. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you're going to be a superpower, you your, your people need sewers <laughs> and, a, and a clean water supply. Yeah, that's yeah. an idea. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah, so that that power metal thing. But I, I mean, power metal—is it popular in America? I don't. That, I don't know. Um, uh, I mean, arguably, bands like Camelot are American. Yeah, you know, but I think they yeah, found sure. their audience in Europe. That's not to say yeah. they're not popular in the States, but yeah. I think it's probably they were embraced by Europe first. Yeah. And then so yeah, Noise had a, a bunch of stuff, but we don't we haven't got the rights to all of it, but I mean bands like right. Stratovarius and Gamma Ray got all their stuff back, but there's still a few there that we're, we're gonna be sort of attempting to work on. And then uh, actually an, an unusual one that um you wouldn't really associate with Noise, but had two albums on Noise, an old band from the eighties. I can't name at the moment because we're in negotiation with them. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, so they're, 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 there's still a bit of life in it yet. And then, and we've got some plans as well. Um, obviously, the label's been largely catalogue releases for the last seven years. But um, yeah. we've just signed our first band back to the label when making it, you know, since it probably was sold by Sanctuary to Universal. Wow. Um, so this is this is uh, this will be momentous news in metal. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, you know, so yeah, we've we've just signed a band, and the record's going to be announced in September, released yeah. in November, and I think everyone's going to be like, okay, interesting. So it's someone that's worked with the label before, yes. and um, I think it's going to be quite exciting. Uh, you know, I've always said that it would be nice. BMG as a as a business doesn't have a metal imprint. 
and mm. you just have to look at some of our other labels. Universal has Spine Farm. Yeah. Sony has Music for Nations. Yeah. Warner has Roadrunner. They're all big brands that we lived on when we were young. You know, Absolutely, all our favourite yeah. records on those labels, and noise I consider amongst that. So absolutely, yeah. part of me is kind of wanted to resurrect it as a, as a, as a front, you know, forward-facing record label for a while. So that's well, as as a as a thrash kid myself, as as two thrash kids growing up. Yeah. If we could have said that would be sat in this office, you know, looking over London talking about how the metal imprints and all the major labels would be, like, our favourite labels. Well, the labels we considered ours at the time. Oh, absolutely. You know, that that we would buy the next release of because it was on that label. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's it's an amazing place to be, really. Yeah, and I'm very excited by it, and, I, and I'm hoping, hoping that, kind of, when we get to announce the signing, that... Um, it will, it will open the door to some more. I'm sure it will because it, it excited me. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, watch this space awesome. on that front, really. Awesome. Um, but yeah, in terms of noise, I mean, we've got some special editions coming out um, of some of the big noise records. There's some limited colour pressings of um, Creators Pleasure to Kill with a nice embossed cover. Awesome. Back to I'm the always, original artwork. I'm always up for anything to do with Pleasure to, pleasure to Kill. That's such a banger. Yeah. Um, yeah. Voivod we're doing a special edition of Dimension H oh, what, what was special about it Obviously uh, it's the got album. a poster and it's got some nice fancy colour vinyl on it nice and, and a fancy colour edition of uh, Keeping Seven Keys by Halloween and Kelly Frost Emperor's Return wow so that's em- a, yeah that's some serious releases yeah Emperor's Return hadn't been on vinyl I don't know since the 80s until we included it in the box set but there's a lot of people that couldn't afford the box set and have yeah. that incomplete gap in their collection that would like Emperor's Return. That's a really good shout, yeah. So um, we decided we'd repress that, but yeah, no cult like my friend. But that's the... Uh, <laughs> that, there will be people who are disappointed that there will be people who are banging I just want to say that now before they're all on the socials going, where's Coldplay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, every time, every time anybody mentions Coldplay to me or tries to talk it up or anything else, I just refer them to the man himself, you know, so... He wants nothing to do with it. He doesn't want anything happening. And we respect that. So yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, so yeah, that's 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 kind of where we are. And then, um, yeah, there'll be the first new sign to noise in I don't know two decades. That's amazing. Announced later this year. That's amazing. That and really it's proper is. old school. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. Yeah, very exciting. <laughs> um, so outside of work, um, obviously, you know you. Your old, your old label is very much your old, your old label because um, you know this job is all consuming, and, and there's a danger that when that happens, you you know you get consumed by the the, the business, you know mm. it's the music business, and you get consumed by the business as opposed to the music. I know there's no chance of that happening with you, but by the same token, has it had any effect? Because you know you've been here a few years now, and the role changes and. Yeah, what do you mean in terms of what going out to shows or anything? Yeah, like going that? out to shows and, and, and yeah. Do you know what? I've been very lucky that I've I've done a bit of travelling this year and I've been to some interesting festivals. I went to one in the US called Hell's Heroes, and it was it was a proper old school heavy metal festival. In right. a, it, it was like a purpose built venue that was fairly new and it had two rooms in it or maybe three, one about the size of electric ballroom, about fifteen hundred cap. But outside there was a Per- permanent outdoor stage and like this astro turf probably about I don't know 5,000 cap 
and um, it was a three-day festival and it was great. There was like Possessed and Razor and what else was on the actual thing? God, yeah, it was nuts. It was, and it was really good. It was the best festival I've been to the US. Oh, that's it was awesome. Really good. That's I always found there's too many rules and regulations. Like you can't drink a beer and watch the band, or you know, yeah. whatever. But this place was really relaxed. It was like a festival made by the fans for the fans. That's cool. It was cool. That's cool. Well, I'm I'm, I'm going to see Possessed in um, in a couple of weeks. You know? Likewise, yeah, yeah. They were very good. Yeah. I haven't seen you for God knows how long. I'm going to bump into you again in like ten days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gonna be, it's going to be awesome I, I do like that there's good stuff coming through town actually I might go and see Sacred Reich as well because I'm yeah. probably going to miss them at Bloodstock I'm not sure I'm on the day yeah and I'm, 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 <coughs> I'm, I'm looking to blood, Bloodstock forward to Bloodstock this year as well I'm determined to catch a few bands yeah. um, Trip to Come being one of them obviously yeah. um, but it's usually it's funny because of the nature of the question I asked you and then I'm about to sit here and say and then I got a bloodstock and last year I saw one band <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what I did go to and this was a bit of a nostalgia fest I went to Rock Hard Festival in just outside Essen in Germany on the Maybank holiday and it was this purpose built amphitheatre and uh, it's kind of concrete steps and that so no matter where you sit you can see and if you want a beer you hold your cup up and a little chap with a backpack on runs up and pours you a drink and you give him five euros that's brilliant it was very civilised but it was proper old school there was like Voivod Tankard um Trips Can't Play a Celtic Frost set um crikey, well, Holy Moses and then there was some proper old school rock like there was Brian Downey's Alive and Dangerous cranking out the thin Lisa tunes which worked really well on a Sunday afternoon I oh, saw them headline one day they were good oh cool yeah so it was it was, and it was very very civilised and laid back yeah. yeah it was good I can highly recommend it oh that's I, I, the, the, <laughs> the thing is there is these these like smaller festivals everywhere that just like kind of pop up um, but it, it seems to be that level as in it has to be a big enough event because uh, I mean the reason I say that is you know you look at the UK and the disappointments we've had recently with like Manifest. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And uh, and there was the one in the northeast that name escapes me for the for a moment. Mm, I know the um, one you mean Dominion. Dominion, that was it. Yeah, Dominion. Yeah. Which you know we were supposed to play the first you know the first time they organised it, and it was just like from our point of view as a band, just the way that you know, just the way the communication goes. Yeah. Straight away, it was like it's a shame. It's a there's a odd. It feels like there's a bit of a book them and they shall come kind of attitude those festivals I don't know I mean, I, I, you know the logistics of putting a festival on is obviously extraordinary yeah and I, and you look at those bills and go wow that'd be a really banging bill in Europe but will it work in the UK I'm not so sure yeah um, and yeah I just guess they they just underestimated what they you know the attendance which is a crying shame really because it, it would have been nice to put something like that on the map but yeah yeah but I think but there is room if you do something if you're doing something a little bit different there's that sort of um is it stone stone deaf stone dead yeah stone it's dead. like a sort of hard rock thing isn't it yeah, yeah and, and that's doing quite well. yeah that's sold out every year yeah but again it's like like the stuff you referred to in the, in the states it, it's it's more targeted a, a kind of more just a basic metal crowd yeah yeah i mean you know i, I mean i look at germany and I look at the crazy festivals they have over there and go like you know where does that does there that many people in the country that <laughs> can literally turn out to these every week um, I think a, a couple of them from what I've heard have fallen by the wayside but and then of course you get your Vacan which is like every people fly from all over the globe to go to it well, Vacan Rockham Ring you know yeah. you name it so you wonder where the crowds are and I yeah uh, I think 
I think sometimes I think Manifest in particular has got hampered by COVID because yeah. I think it went on sale before COVID, didn't it? And there's yeah. there's been a I know live promoters have been struggling. You know, post COVID they were getting getting like I don't know sixty percent of the ticket payers coming to the shows when they were rescheduled. You yeah. Know? And um, so God knows what it is for for poor old festival. Yeah, no, it, it's. I mean, it was it was tough after COVID. I mean, it's still tough. That's yeah. That's not mince words. It's it's still tough out there. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Every every industry is 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 struggling. Yeah. You know? Interestingly enough, I mean, you know, let's look at kind of the music sector during COVID. Obviously, the live sector was decimated and my heart goes out to all the people that work in that and the artists yeah. and whatever weirdly enough the recorded music side of it went through the roof a, a guy who owns a label that I know um, basically said uh, this is the second best year we've ever had yeah yeah it was and, crazy and we've been around over 20 years and this is you know, we couldn't print records fast enough yeah it went through the roof and I guess that was because the people that we're still working from home or whatever and oh, I'm going on holiday and I'm going to yeah. and all that so they're just mail ordering records I did it Jesus my record collection ballooned well the thing is as well yeah the thing is as well is that for people who go to, go to the office every day if they're suddenly working from home all the time there's all the disposable income that you that you have that you didn't realise you were pissing lunch, away every travel, day lunch, coffee, travel drinks you know, after work yeah blah, absolutely blah, blah. yeah and all of a sudden, you're not doing that and going, why is there so much money in my bank? <laughs> is, what, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. It takes a while to acclimatise yourself when you can go back out in the open world like, how much have I spent? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how many records was that? That's it, yeah. yeah. Like, literally, my wife is like, there's someone at the door again, and they're like, there's more records. And the spare room just filled up with the envelopes. <laughs> when, oh, I took, I, when I took them down to the recycling, they were taller than me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. That's fucking brilliant. There's so many of the bloody things. Oh, I, 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 I did merch. I binged merch. I just, like, yeah, yeah. But I, it, but it had to be special. Do you right. know what I mean? It's like I'd have to wormhole on something, or I'd like you know see a character in a in a in a movie with with a t-shirt on, and I'd be like, oh, I, like, I, like I need one of them. Well, yeah, yeah, I need one of them. Or or you know just just a band, just a particular t- t- shirt, or then. I, I, I got obsessed with trying to find an original um, Master of Puppets era tour t-shirt, but the Damage Inc. version. Okay. But a rich, but from the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, that didn't know. That's my nose for one. <laughs> hey? That'd be about three, four hundred quid. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, as soon as I started going into that world, I was like, yeah, no, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking forward to getting, I'm not looking to get in an auction. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I, yeah. Or have something, you know, on the wall. Yeah. I kick myself because like you, I went to probably every fresh gig that was going back yeah. in from, I don't know, my first was like 87. And, you know, I was young. I didn't really drink that much at the time. So I'd always buy a shirt or two. Yeah. And I had piles of them. I think when I moved home in, I don't know, early 2000s, couple of bin bags and put them out on the street you know oh I don't and then, I know and then I, I kind of go uh, I, I, cl- I clung on to like five shirts I think from that day and I had a DRI one from the electric ballroom from 88 I still got it gangrene from the same night why well, I kept that I don't know but oh, it's a good shirt a suicidal one that I bought at Brixton Academy in like 89 Coic Frost from Hammersmith Odeon in 87 and I've got a bad brains long sleeve that I bought with a marquee in about 88 oh man um, and that's all I had left from like literally hundreds of things like 
yeah. you name it, I had it. I, I remember when I went to see Master of Puppets tour, Anthrax and Metallica, I bought one of every Metallica shirt <laughs> and one of every Anthrax shirt. Yeah, you don't got them anymore. Uh, yeah, have I, fuck. <laughs> and, um, and, but do you know what else I had? This, and I don't have this anymore. It's a Judge Dredd t-shirt and on the back it's autographed by Scott Ian, Charlie Benanti, James Hetfield and Cliff Burton. Ooh. I know, I know. What a fucking idiot. I tell you who you should try and I know, I know, mind you, I know who's got it. I feel a bit bad about asking for it back. Oh, it's he. You know? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I gave them, I gave it to them, no strings attached. No strings attached. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's up to me to uh, Can't be get over it, basically, or fucking ask for it back. I'll tell you who you should speak to if you get the chances. Jeff from Possessed. I was hoping to. Um, he's got I'm, a I'm lot on the case. Stories about Cliff. Really? Well, he, I met him in Houston briefly, and he started telling all these stories. So you talk about a suicidal tendencies tattoo on my arm. It says Possessed, and he came up to me and said, "Is that a Possessed tattoo?" And I was like, "Yeah, sort of a suicidal one." And he was like, "Oh man, yeah, I need so." And then he started like, and off he went, and then it was like skateboarding stories about him and Cliff skating around the Bay Area fucking hell when they were teenagers so yeah you'd get some gold off of him oh wow yeah I will he seemed like a lovely fella as well so well I've got I've, I've got an interview lined up which uh, you must remind me about when we finish recording which um, I'll tell you about yeah. but um, yeah I mean I, those that, that old so that old merch um, funnily enough I also got a really cool Slayer shirt you know the black one with just the the like the the tidy Slayer logo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So from sort of Rain in Blood, where it's just Slayer and it's in red. Yeah. And it just looks cool as fuck. Because let's face it, ninety nine percent of Slayer merch looks shit. <laughs> <laughs> looks like it was drawn by a five year old. <laughs> yeah. I love your band, Kerry. <laughs> Fucking love it. I love how you're all over every aspect of the band. Love it. Your merch is shit. Whoever's in charge should have been sacked years ago. But um, I had that shirt. Took it out the other day. Fucking moths have been at it. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I know. So I was like, oh, I had the, um, talking of shit Slayer merch, I think when I went to see them. You mean, oh, hang on, hang on, you mean Slayer merch? <laughs> <laughs> You've got a Slayer t-shirt on. Good point. It's one of the few I've managed to track down that isn't shit. <laughs> I bought that one, the one that had the gravestone that said rain in pain on it. Oh, Did right, yeah. One? Yeah, I remember yeah, that, yeah. I remember proudly wearing it because it was fairly like you know obscene in Letchworth where I grew up yeah and um, yeah I used to sort of throw it on when we had Bible bashes knocking on the door brilliant <laughs> I've got um, I'm wearing the Slayer Nation t-shirt by the way if, if any of you are familiar with it so, and some with the some with the Vermat sort of head on it aren't, aren't too bad yeah they were alright yeah yeah um, I remember I, I remember actually when I would see them on Ray and Blood Tour when they, 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 they had the sweatshirt with that big demon face on it in white and it just had Slayer in the middle of its forehead in red oh god yeah yeah yeah, yeah and, and the look on your face as you remembered it is uh, yeah exactly yeah, I was what? trying to conjure it up and I was like mm. yeah I was like guys what, what and it never went away that fucking sweatshirt did like two or three tours it was always there I'm like who's buying this or is this the same lot and they just cannot get rid of them <laughs> but yeah I, really yeah, I think that was the one and only slow t-shirt I bought I remember getting chased away from Manchester Apollo by um, by a bootleg merchandiser who was out front, who had I'd asked more questions than he felt 
was correct. And when my final question was, do you do mail order? <laughs> set, set off after me. Be off with you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Young yeah, ruffian. Um, but uh, yeah, th- th- those were the days kipping in um, uh, kipping in train stations and. Um, oh you know, God! Now we always to get the last train back to London. Struggling to get home. I know. God. It, it's, it, it amazes me though that you know I have friends who you know who live in the states and six hour round trip to a gig they're like uh, you know oh yeah we, they're, they're playing near us <laughs> what yeah no, it's, it's massive, like yeah you know, we, we, we play we play Manchester and people from Liverpool complain that we're not playing Liverpool so <laughs> yeah, guys I think, I think yeah. twice about going to see bands in Newcross on a weekday you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> I live in North London <laughs> fair oh, do, really? yeah fair point <sighs> yeah yeah I know what you mean I live in Camden for a reason so I can walk to the underworld and the ballroom and back <laughs> yeah and that's it but there's not as many shows down there as there used to be. At the garage, occasionally, you know, that's only a couple of stops on the overground. Yeah, there's some. Uh, there, there is some cool venues in London, um, and there is just. I mean, there's shed loads of bands playing all the time, mm. and you notice even more when you when you're in a band and you're trying to like route a tour, and it's just like when you start looking for clashes, it's just you just have to accept that mm. there there are going to be clashes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't go to. I've, I've sort of been a bit more picky about gigs I go to because I was going out a lot and uh, I don't know not being focused in here from first thing in the morning so I've sort of cut away from some of the deadwood but uh, yeah I've not been there was one night about two weeks ago where there was three things on in one night that I wanted to go to but it's it's fairly irregular yeah Um, yeah I mean I still go to quite a few punk shows I can't wait to go and see punk bands as well yeah Um, yeah well, I went to see um, Far From Saints last night, which is Kelly Jones's new band, Stereophonics. And that was like a weird experience because, of course, it's just. It, it, it's, Where was that? Um, it was in Kingston, the prison. Um, uh, okay. I was doing a little club tour. Right, right. And it sold out, absolutely smashed it. Lovely. Okay. But it, it just reminded me that, you know, you walk in and there's people like, you know, who you'd normally bump into in a supermarket and it's kind of it's full of them yeah it's, it's a, people that buy it's, music in supermarkets yeah, yes it's the supermarket audience isn't it oh stereophonics yeah does it sound like stereophonics um, well I mean his voice is his voice but and I don't know the stereophonics these days well enough to be able to compare yeah. but not really from what I could tell okay. um, but yeah so it, like it's for fairly sort of you know casuals yeah, citizens yeah, yeah. crowd yeah um, but what I was reminded of was that no matter what kind the kind of music is, people who really bang into their music are really bang into their music. There was yeah. people rocking out to stuff where I was like, you know, calm down, mate. Yeah. It's not Slayer, but, <laughs> yeah. but 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 it's like he's absolutely lost in it, and and it just kind of reminded me that sometimes in the metal community, I'm certainly guilty of sort of looking down upon, you know. It's easy done. Yeah, it's easy done. I you know I I sort of. I'm a I'm a gig traveller. That's one of my favourite pastimes. So, um, band that I like, if I see them touring somewhere random that I've never been before, I'm like, oh, that's a good reason to go there. You know, and I want to yeah, yeah. Let's pitch it to my wife and go. Good way of doing it. Have you ever been to? I don't know. Here's a random one. We were like, have you ever been to Biarritz in the south of France? And she's like, well, no, I'd love to go there. She's interested in movie stars, twenties movies, and all that. Yeah. It's where all those people used to hang out. She's like, hang on a minute, who's playing? Yeah, yeah. I was like, so it's all tenses right there. She's like, that's like a couple of hours out of your day. All right, cool. And so we went there yeah. for the weekend. And that's kind of how, we, you know, Kino can get me somewhere if there's a band playing. We went, we went, we did Tokyo 
turnstile playing and that was like oh wow I saw them in a small club in front of 200 people oh, that's kind of like, awesome I wonder which way the Japanese hardcore audience is it going to go is it going to go yeah. for those big polite applause or is it going to go boof yeah it went boof yeah it's hardcore isn't it yeah. come on but, but that's, uh, it's interesting there'll be peace, people listening there'll be uh, there'll be um, football supporters listening who recognise that, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to go? Well, oh, it's just, all oh, right. Where, where, are they, where are they playing? Pre-season yeah. tour, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not dissimilar. So that's kind of what takes me around, and I think that's quite a nice way to see fans. I, 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 and, and, you know, yeah. as well, I love London, but there's a distinct kin-stroking part of the audience these days. And, uh, you know, how many gigs yeah. have I been to down the underworld? A million. <coughs> like, the last one I went to was Motley Crue at the underworld. Oh, now that must have been insane. Yeah, about... Three weeks ago, it was nuts. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah. That's so. I mean, of all the bands that I've seen at the Underworld, I mean, Christ, I've played there a few times, yeah. but of all the bands I've seen there at the Underworld, I just can't imagine Motley Crue. It was, yeah. I mean, I think part of it was a because um, there'd been so many people calling them saying, "Oh, are you playing to backing tracks in these stadium gigs," and they were like, "We're going to play in this tiny club." And they kind of considered it to be a kind of punk rock style. They did it under a secret name. Well, it wasn't that secret, but they did it under a pseudonym. And um, What was the pseudonym? Dogs of War. Oh, right, okay. And um, with an umlaut. And um, there's nowhere to hide in the underworld. Yeah, you know, absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, and when I walked around there that evening, there was a massive truck outside, and it looked like they'd tried to squeeze a good chunk of their back line into it. You know, but yeah. they, they fitted it on and they'd obviously put a few extra lights and they had a couple of podiums because they had these female backing singers stroke dancers. And it was great. They just banged out all these bangers in an hour, you know, and you couldn't argue with it. I mean, Vince Neil's voice isn't what it was, but it, it's... That's insane, it, though, that, 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 that they've just gone, right, yeah, fine, well, we'll play club show. Yeah, 450 people. Next wow. day, I see them at Wembley Stadium. You know, so it was an interesting juxtaposition. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge Motley fan, but when you're hearing Shout of the Devil banged out in the underworld with people losing their minds, you know. Oh, mate, it's, that, it's, that, it's that, would, that would take me back to uh, <laughs> to 86, I think, or 85 or whenever yeah, it was. Yeah. Those have been, they played quite a lot of those early tracks that were, you know, because interestingly enough, at the stadium show, the, the two I went to for work, they were on before <laughs> Def Leppard. And I, I, Def Leppard, you could have put... You shut your eyes and gone. I'm listening to the record. It was that right. perfect. Yeah. But ultimately, their show's not particularly exciting. I mean, we're thrash fans, you know, and we learn people running yeah. around and having a bit of fun. Whereas the crew were a bit more loose, you know, and it was yeah. a bit more of a fun show. And then so, you know, and the, you put that in the underworld, and it was. It was good. Fun. Yeah, it was good. It was oh, good, good. good. No, I, I, like I said, um, so that's Nikki. Nikki Six turns out to be, um, you know, maybe not who I thought he was. And now, and now they're playing the Underworld. It's kind of like, hmm, might have to dig out the old crew records, give them another <laughs> listen. There's a box set out on BMG. Uh, I, oh, yeah. Always on the clock. I didn't. I didn't work on that. That's that's obviously we we have um, the way the company works is that different territories have different repertoire. Yeah. So the UK company owns the Noise catalogue, the Motorhead catalogue. Whereas the US guys, but we all do each other's marketing and yeah. whatever when the band comes into market and so forth. So yeah, it's quite joined up in that style. Yeah, it's worse. it's like it's like any other business, isn't it? You're gonna have you're gonna have your equivalent in another another country working yeah, on yeah, a project, yeah. and when that project becomes relevant to your country, then you interact with them, and hopefully, it all the system it works. works. Yeah, yeah. But um, 
Yeah, and our, our, our my colleagues, my sort of opposites are in LA. So right. sometimes there's some late night calls. Yeah, I, well, I know from doing the podcast, soon as people, my heart sinks when people say they live in LA. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. <laughs> well, I, this is not metal at all, but I, I worked on a, a project a couple of years ago. Well, a little bit metal. So Mick Fleetwood did this concert at um, the London Palladium. It was literally about a week before lockdown. Right. And it was Mick Fleetwood's tribute to Peter Green, even though Peter Green was still alive at the time. Um, and it was this big all-star show, and mm. it was Billy Gibbon, Stephen Tyler, Kirk Hammett, <laughs> Pete Townsend, yeah. Noel Gallagher, John yeah. Mayle, Christine McBee, Zach Starkey. So, and they all came on and did a turn and did a song each. Yeah. Um, Billy Gibbons did two or three. Kirk Hammett did Green Manalishi on the greeny guitar that he's famously bought for like a million pounds or whatever. And so, BMG filmed it and released it. And um, at one point, I was having to um, connect interviewers with Mick Fleetwood, who lives on in Maui. I don't know what time zone that is, but I had to get up at 5am, because Mick would only do them in the evening, his time, which is, I don't know, eight, between 7 and 8 or 9 at night. Yeah. So, yeah, we were getting up at 5. Ah, uh, mate. Putting calls through, Yeah. You know, so yeah. Like, yeah. So LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I just hope nobody I own ever interviews this. They live in so Maui. Yeah, the next, next podcast guy's based in Maui. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell. Or probably what's one of those little, like, Polynesian islands? <laughs> oh, yeah, I dread to think. Well, the, the, the thing about, the thing about um, uh, getting American um Interview, interviewees on if I'm dealing with them directly is the time difference mm. because people will tell you what um, time zone they're in at the moment but what they don't realise is that not all of their state is in that time zone mm. or they are in that time zone but it's a different time the other side of the state yeah. So they so they say what time zone they're in, but it's it's always an hour out from the one that I've looked up for that for that, bit, and it always says warning, you know. Yeah, yeah. I found a useful website for the McFleetwood ones because we were coordinating with people in other territories. Oh God, yeah, that must. Have so been we nightmare. had to tell them the correct times, and I found a really useful website. I can't remember what it was, but you, to put the cities in where these people were. Well, that's that's now my that's now my go-to is basically what city are you in? We, we didn't want you know mess with poor old Mick around it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not surprised. Yeah, it doesn't get more A-list. <laughs> <laughs> well, that 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 cast of thousands that you reeled off is just yeah. like wow. Yeah, how does anybody get all those people together? Mick Fleetwood can do it. I did hear a funny story about Stephen Tyler. That um, so we went to a pre-production meeting with one of the promoters, and uh, apparently, like cause they were doing this was a charity thing for Teenage Cancer Trust. Yeah. So you know, I guess there was artist expenses for them to come over and rehearse and whatnot, but apparently Stephen Tyler wanted to bring a palm reader over. That was vetoed. Funny that. <laughs> not not seen as a not not seen as a chargeable expense by the charity. <laughs> Your own palm reader. Besides, just walk through any beaded shop. Yeah. Bead curtain, shop doorway, there'll be a palm reader the other side. Wow. I don't know how true that is, but well, there you go. I've just repeat. We've repeated it as fact on the, on the, on my podcast. So it's, there you yeah, go. It's hearsay. I didn't hear it from Stephen Tyler's mouth. So. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But uh, oh, that's that, that's insane. But what? A, but seriously, what a cast! And it was, and it was a great show. It was incredible. And um, well, the Justin Hawking things were Hawking's thing was pretty incredible as well. Um, you know, the thing that Dave Grohl organised for him. Yeah, for the, the, yeah, the tribute yeah. show. I was away when that was on the telly. But, yeah. I've seen that's been put up for a few awards and all yeah, the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but look, let's um, let's talk a little bit about um, the Motorcast. The Motorcast. The motor, The official Motorhead podcast. The Motorcast. Are you going to ask me the question? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what the question is. When um, did you first hear of Motorhead? Uh, yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> of course, come on. <laughs> You found the first time. Oh, God, I didn't realise, yeah. I did, yeah, no. <laughs> um, well, obviously, it's, it's, we've started season five now. Um, God, yeah. I know, I know. And it's, it's, it rolls on yeah. a plenty. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I'm just constantly amazed at the amount of people that we're able to get on. Um, some of the people that, um, that I've, you know, I had the pleasure to speak to. Yeah, it's it's been incredible. Yeah, I mean, they're always enjoyable to listen to. I, I think obviously some episodes are better than others, but um, yeah, some of them are particularly interesting. And and I think that's the thing that's interested me about it is the people that have popped up and gone, "I've got this great story," you know, be it some of the fan based ones you've done, or yeah. actually people that were kind of in or around Motorhead world. As you yeah, know. I mean. It, making it open to fan interaction and to you know it certainly really helps because the sense of ownership there is yeah. well you can't get much more of a sense of ownership than if you've got a good story you've got a good chance of getting on the podcast yeah. you know um but it, it's it's also the the fact that those people come out of the woodwork and go hey i've got this story I've got yeah. it. but it's the volume of them and the consistency of them you know it's like i could be interviewing an artist i could be interviewing travis who came up with you know november oh, guy yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. could be interviewing the original drummer but all the way through this yeah. the stories you hear it's like there there there's a there's just a line of authenticity running through them all like a stick of rock you know it's like motorhead like a stick of rock and i think as well you know it's essentially part of what we do particularly in the catalogue world is storytelling and um, this is like distilled storytelling as podcasts but I think what I love about it is it's it's there for all eternity you know what I mean it's, it's yeah. it becomes this curated bank of work and sadly we'll lose some of these people that have appeared on it yeah. you know um, I think one of my favourite ones was the guy that owned the studio where Ace of Spades had been recorded. He was obviously mm. quite elderly and he came on with his daughter and they both told these great stories. And you think, he's never had, the, no one's ever spoken to him. I just yeah. kind of, through weird researching stuff for the album, discovered that the the studio was um, dismantled and like they were trying to apply for lottery funding to have it rebuilt on one of those open air museums because it had been in an old barn. And um, I can't remember the guy's name now, but the daughter Sally, I messaged the page saying oh, this is fascinating, and she came back to me. And so it was my father's studio, and so that's how we kind of got that conversation going. But I don't think ever, anyone had ever spoken to him about yeah being you know them coming and recording that seminal record in his studio because obviously we'd, we'd lost the producer who passed away, um, Vic, 
male and so yeah it was a fascinating one that. I, I, I I loved doing it and I remember speaking to them both and and I uh, I, I loved her stories seeing the whole thing from her through her eyes as a yeah. young girl at the time yeah. and the and the, up their uh, empties yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and but then but then you know and his few at the time whereas and then of course well as soon as you mention that what it reminds me of is the conversation I had with um, filthy sister um, when and you know and I, I she mentioned recording Ace of Spades and how much they were caning it at the time and I mentioned that I'd spoken to the era and 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 she said well he, he was as bad as anyone else he was off his head all the time as well and I was like he never said that when he was talking to me you old broke yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> he sounded yeah. like someone's sweet old granddad <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like great those rascals yeah but <laughs> interviewees grassing each other up across spread across episodes you know it's like Game of Thrones you've got to watch it all the way through or it doesn't make, won't make sense um but uh, but also it's it's funny the amount of times that I interview somebody when the interview finishes I mean invariably with a Motocast interview there'll be you know conversation both sides of it but also the amount of times that people will say have you had tone on yeah no right okay I'll I'll give you the details or I'll, I'll get in touch or yeah. that's somebody you should speak to track them down you know there's a lot of that has gone on yeah that's no, um, good I mean in the sort of when we've been researching album anniversaries and stuff, you know, and we work with a couple of um, super fans and, you know, they're very knowledgeable and they knew all these people, but some of them aren't in touch with them anymore and sadly some of them have passed away. But sometimes it's just trying to get to these people and have a chat with them. That's sometimes, that's opened the door a little, made that bit a little bit easier than, than it was. Yeah. Just kind of trying to email someone out of the blue and go, oh, do you want to contribute to some liner notes, you know? <laughs> It's, yes, it's not always that easy. I think because it's become this sort of entity in its own right. It's um, well, when when publishers start sending me, yeah. uh, when publishers start sending me books and you know, yeah, and, and, and interview requests and stuff like that, then yeah, you know, I think um, someone's done the research. Good, that's a good PR. That one, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And 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 it's funny you mentioned right at the beginning there about the about all of this ex- stuff existing. It's kind of it's there forever. And I and I kind of started out referring to this, you know, this, this sort of mythical cloud-based museum that we're building for for Motorhead. But it, it's it, it it's kind of what it is in my head. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It is that it's that kind of resource, and it's a way of just building. A, a, you know, I was going to say building on the legacy. It's not. It's maintaining the legacy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's people out there who still want to hear. They can't hear new Motorhead, but they want to hear new stuff about Motorhead. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's sort of, I think it's, a, you know, it can be entertaining, educating, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting kind of, yeah, I think it's yeah, building a library, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And, um, and I'll tell you what, the one thing I know about, I mean, I'm in my 10th year of podcasting and um, I've done a fair, you know, few years of the Motorcast. And the one thing that I've learned, which you should know better because every musician knows this, is you never know who's listening. Yeah, yeah. You never know who is listening. And, um, you, you know, you get people just turn up out of nowhere. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, the very first fall episode we did that you did was with um, Stefan, who's kind of part of Team Motorhead. He's kind of their creative director. And I think he might have 
mention my name in it. And every now and again, I, I get a message saying, just listen, so I listen to this new series. And I didn't realize you were doing, you know, you were behind it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, I, I get that every now and, now and then. You go, oh, right, someone's tuning in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I can, I can go in the back end and look at the numbers, but um, and it's yeah. a sort of steady incline. It, it, it's I think obviously some episodes do better than others. We recent case in Houston, one people tuned in a lot for that. Max Cavalier, he was very popular. Yeah, um, and told a great story. You know, Matt, I, I, the Max one st- stands out to me yeah. because because when anybody's got a story to tell about Lemmy, it's usually just great all the way through or it starts off badly and then it's mo- mostly great yeah. whereas Max is like Max is like you know there's a lot of Shawshank before there's any redemption <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. no, I think the famous my favourite bit was was it let me take the drink on his head and he like, I've been anointed by God or something like that. yeah because <laughs> he took the rum and coke over him or something yeah that's it yeah so uh, yeah it's, it's a lot of fun and I, you know and it, it kind of weaves and that and we sort of weave it in and out of the territory of what the stuff that we're releasing but again I think you don't have to listen to it in tandem with what's going on in the motorhead release world no it's not at all you no. can just dip in and out or start from the beginning or yeah and there'll be people and there'll be people who find out that there's re-releases coming out purely through listening to, to, to the podcast yeah. you, know, it, it, yeah, yeah. you know you never know how people consume their their media now and, and, and this is how it. they find yeah. out about what you know yeah it's um yeah, I mean, I, I don't have enough hours in the day to listen to this podcast, but it's nice to know that someone's tuning in. <laughs> that, that, ladies and gentlemen, is a perfect place to leave it because that is the that, that is the, that is a classic. That is a, I don't have time to listen to podcasts. He says at the end of the podcast interview. I might F- to fuck podcast. you guys listening. No, fuck you guys. No, no. God bless you, <laughs> Jesus. I would probably listen to them to and from work, but you know, I only come to the office three days a week, and then oh. that's you know trying to catch up on music. <laughs> oh, mate, when you're in a hole, stop digging. You know, yeah, three, three. I'm, I'm already there, man. It's cool. <laughs> um, but uh, in, in all seriousness, thank you. Um, I mean, I'll always be grateful for you to for getting the motorcast off the ground because it's been a part uh, of it. It, it couldn't you know, exist without you. You know. Um, uh, well, you know, right back at you, honey. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, but it, well, yes. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you know, and I know that it, that it's usually to try and get something like this off the ground is. You know, a, a fucking nightmare, and we, exactly. we you must have managed to get it turned around in under eight weeks. I think it was about six or seven weeks. And yeah, it, yeah. Well, you that's know, ridiculous. We didn't we do this during lockdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. So, yeah, I mean, I think captive we were, audience, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but we were working on the 40th anniversary of arguably their most important album, The Ace of Spades, and yeah, we were like, maybe we should do a podcast about this, and so it was born. Yeah, and I, you know. And we didn't even have the idea in a pub, which is my normal isn't that weird? place of epiphany. Isn't that weird? <laughs> we, we, had the, we had the audience just off air on, 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 a chat, on, a, on a phone call in lockdown. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe you'd invite me on to Talking Bollocks at some point. And I, yeah. thought, I think I had a light bulb moment. Wasn't I? I, well, no, we were, we, were, we were having a chat off air. Yeah. You, mentioned, you mentioned that you've got a load of re-releases coming out. I said, why don't you do a podcast? You said, we've got a lot... Actually, we've got the 40th anniversary of Motorhead coming up. That's like that's that, that's like new, yeah. And then from there on out, it was it was boom, boom, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Motorcar- <laughs> the motorcast is born, yeah. You know, yeah, but, it's, um, it's good. I, uh, no, it's been it's been, well, it's, it's a journey and it's a lot of fun. So I mean, if you haven't listened to it, please tune in. 
I like Not it. You. That's a much better yeah. to your audience. That's a much better, <laughs> that's a much better place to leave yeah. it. Yeah. Subscribe, I think, is the word you like. That's to use it. On yeah. Podcasts. That's it. Subscribe. Smash a like. You know. <laughs> do do whatever you like. But um, uh, thank you very much, Miles. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Thanks, Howard. Okay. So apologies. Yes. Sound quality. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of mono, wasn't it? Uh, a bit tinny. Um, I haven't used that recorder for a while because I literally haven't done many, you know, in-person interviews for a while. Um, and um, that's that's my fuck up entirely. So I'm sorry that the audio was a little poor quality there. Um, that's not what you pay for. Oh, hang on. Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, yeah, this shit's free. Fuck you complaining. Hey, yeah. Exactly. How much do you pay towards this? Absolutely nothing. So, you know, the minute you start weighing in with the expenses, yeah, then you get to have a say. All right. (laughs) Speaking of which, can't believe it. But yeah, I've just stumbled straight into patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith for all your bullshit needs. Loads of stuff going on. There's a radio show. There's a live podcast once a month on Zoom. All sorts of stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I, the the content is constantly coming behind the scenes, acid rain stuff, you name it. All sorts of stuff. Anyway, patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith or click the support the fucking podcast um, announcement in the description of this podcast. So there you go. Thank you all for coming. Nice to have you here. Pop back whenever you get the chance. There'll be another episode coming soon. Take care of it, everybody. Look after each other. Have a great time. Have a great day. And remember, whatever you're doing, make sure it's legal. And if it isn't, make sure no one finds out. Cheers.